awesome game. We're going to detour a little bit from our Jeremiah study, and we're going to kind of tag on to um, something that we talked about on Sunday. So um, Sunday, we were in our Sunday school curriculum, and uh, let, me, let me find it. Let me flip over. Um, I want to give you a little bit of a heads up uh, about some things that are coming up with Sunday school that I think is really cool. Um, so our Sunday school curriculum is called Bible Studies for Life, and uh, we've been doing that a while. We've been doing it a few months, but on March 1st, we're going to start like the new version of it, and the entire church, for the most part, the entire church is going to be in the same curriculum. The neat thing is, at 9.30, when we have worship in a big church over there, um, our pastor is going to preach on a passage or topic that we're going to talk about in Sunday school. So when you come into Sunday school, you will have already heard the passage, you've already heard the concepts, and so you will just be able to launch right into Sunday school, already kind of have it fresh on your mind, the scripture passage is going to be awesome. But what really excites me about our uh, curriculum is that after the, the after the lesson is over, there is uh, some little perforated pages that you can pull out. You know what perforated means? Perf, you just rip, you can rip it out. And you can take it home, and it gives you little devotions to do every day. And uh, it gives you, well, it gives you five days. How many days are there in a week? They still got seven? Y'all still, still got seven days out there? I didn't hear about the night planet. But they give you five days of the week uh, for you to have Free to have devotions. And I think that's excellent. Hey, y'all calm down. Y'all listen. Listen. All right. So God's word uh, is really, uh, us having a relationship with God through his word is really the key for us to do life in the way that God has designed us. God has designed us to continually walk in his presence. And we can experience his presence by just simply uh, opening ours to our eyes to the reality of who he is and his presence in our lives. And walking with the Holy Spirit. Uh, but our relationship with God in His Word and our relationship with God in prayer is primarily how we experience God's presence in daily life. And so God has designed us to walk in His presence. And so therefore, we must have a vibrant relationship with God in His Word for us to really do life the way that He created us to do life. So Sunday, in our, in our uh, Bible study, we asked the question, what do you find comforting when you're sick? And, so, and the, the point was that God comforts us and that we're to comfort others. And so we're detouring a little bit out of our Jeremiah study to kind of focus on that. Because I want us to really look at this idea of, um, of, of how beneficial these devotions can be throughout the week. Y'all quit talking, okay? Y'all quit talking. I keep hearing people talk. Um, so Sunday, we talked uh, about this idea of how God comforts us when we're sick. Uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians um, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. He comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any kind of affliction through the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And y'all probably had this discussion about how God comforts us when we are in need of comfort. And it, it's, it's a beautiful reality. I, I hear... Um, you know, part, part of being a pastor is you walk with people in life through difficult times. And um, I've had the, the blessing uh, to be able to walk with 
families through a lot of different circumstances, and there's been so many situations in life, you know, I ask people, well, you know, how, how are you doing? How's your family feeling? And people will say this, they'll say, you know, we're hanging in there, I do not know what people do without the presence of God in their lives. And, uh, and that's, that's, a, that's a powerful thought, because we have an advantage as followers of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit in our life that sustains us and walks us through situations. So um, the reality is living in this sinful world is hard. Bad things happen. People are mean to us. People we love die. People we love get sick. We get sick. Really, really bad things happen. And you think about living right now. The, I, I think people have always gotten sick. I think people have always done bad things. But we live in such a connected environment and, and culture that we hear about. You know, our world is much larger than it used to be just because we're all connected through social media. So, like, right now, I can think of, like, ten people that are young and have families that have, like, have cancer or have died of cancer or are going through significant tragedies in their life. And so we are surrounded constantly by sad stuff. And we ask the question, why does that sad stuff happen? Well, it happens because... Sin is in the world. It is the natural consequence of our first parents, Adam and Eve, introducing sin into the world through their disobedience, through them stepping outside the boundaries that God has for them. And so that's the reality. But the beautiful thing is that God walks with us through life, through His Holy Spirit, and that we can uh, we can conquer sin. We can have victory over sin in our life, and, and He can walk with us. Bad things will happen to our lives. I'm sorry to tell you that. Bad things are going to happen. You're going to occasionally have to go to the dentist. The dentist may even tell you sometime you have a cavity. Or have to get this little drill out or have to drill your teeth a little bit. Actually, it doesn't that, all that doesn't really hurt that bad. But every now and then you have to go to the doctor. You may have to get a shot or something like that. And, it, and in the moment, it feels horrible. Or even worse things can happen. You may have to have a little surgery or something like that. But the incredible thing is God does not necessarily promise to take the pain away. He promises to be there with us. One of my favorite passages in the Psalms, the, the, the writer of Psalms says that God is near to the broken hearted. So his presence is our gift. His presence is what is beautiful. So if we were to walk through our Bible study on Sunday, which was in 2 Corinthians, you would have the opportunity then if you tore out this little devotion thing right after, right after your lesson, which we're going to start telling teachers and telling y'all, hey, rip this out, take it home every week. Walk through your daily devotions every day. You would have the opportunity to continue the concepts that we talked about in Bible study throughout the week from a different passage. So here's the passage that is suggesting for us to walk through this week. It's Revelation chapter 21, right around verse 3. This was a vision. So the book of Revelation is called apocalyptic literature. It's a very unique type of literature that was kind of common in the first century, uh, but it is, it's different. Um, John is on the island of Patmos, basically in prison there, and he's receiving these visions from God, and he writes them down, and they're really cool. Here's chapter 21 of the book of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. 
And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. If we were to kind of bring in a little bit of what we've learned from the book of Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah, in multiple, multiple places throughout the book of Jeremiah, reminds us that God has promised that he will be our God and we will be his people. And this is kind of a capstone of that. Book of Revelation is really the end of the Bible telling us what's going to happen in the very, very end. And so everything is coming to a close. Um, we, we call it, um, you know, there's different stages of our salvation. This is where we would say our, our glorification in which heaven is becoming real. Heaven is coming down and, and uh, all things are reconciled and all things are restored. Another thing we call this is the restoration period in which Everything is restored as it was in the beginning. So, you know, you, you think of this concept of heaven coming to earth. When Jesus returns, you think of heaven coming to earth. And in a sense, everything going back to the way things were in the Garden of Eden. Um, now, I personally don't think that when Jesus basically brings heaven to us, I don't really think it's going to go back to exactly what we think about the Garden of Eden. I, I, I think... That there'll still be kind of a continuation of technology, and I, and I don't, I don't think things are going to go back to being as that primitive. But whatever heaven is, this is what we know: we know that the dwelling place of God is with man. Heaven has come to us, and Jesus will be in our presence, and we will be able to sit and talk to Him in flesh, just like He was with us now. So, here's what's important. He says, God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Yet neither shall there be mourning or crying or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So he tells us, heaven is a place where there will be no crying, no pain, there will be no suffering. Heaven is a perfect place. And so when Jesus returns at the end of time, heaven will come to us, and we will live the rest of our eternities in the perfect presence of God, and nothing that we call sin will be anymore. None of the consequences of sin will, will, will dwell with us. It will be a place of perfect happiness and joy and perfection. Well, what's the purpose of us talking about that now? Well, you think about the, one of the main purposes that the book of Revelation was written was to encourage believers that were in persecution. And so now when we talk about the beauty of heaven, we ask the question, well, why, should we, why is that important right now? It's important because we need to understand that eternity is a much bigger picture than we can even imagine. We need to understand the benefits of what it means to be a follower of Christ right now. So new heaven is new earth. Jesus is with us perfectly. We can see him face to face. The dwelling place of God is with man. But John 1 is very important because we see in John 1 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And so what happened, Jesus came to earth and dwelt among us, but he, he died on the cross for our sins, and he was raised from the dead, and he's now sitting at the right hand of the Father. He ascended into heaven, but something very important happened. The third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, that came and dwelled with us. And so from this point forward until Jesus returns, the Holy Spirit dwells with us and walks with us. 
Now, you may be thinking, the Holy Spirit's never said anything to me. The Holy Spirit, I, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not the Holy Spirit's fault. That's our fault. The Holy Spirit, if we're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is with us. And it's our responsibility to walk with Him and learn more about Him and, and, and know Him through God's Word and to be awakened to the reality of who He is. And so what happens as we grow in our faith and we walk with God, the Holy Spirit starts to direct us and, and it starts to lead us. And, and, and we have to recognize that the Holy Spirit is God. God the Father is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They all have a unique essence of who God is. So the beautiful thing is that right now, our God is, is, is three in one. Still one God, but, but three persons of, of the Trinity. And Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but the Holy Spirit dwells with us and walks with us. And so there's unique beauty in that, in that the Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit seals our salvation. The Holy Spirit gives us discernment and directs us. So when uh, March 1st gets here and we start in our new curriculum, uh, we're going to remind you every week to tear out these daily devotions because uh, if you if you had torn this out, you would be able to walk through Revelation 21 verses 3 and 4. And it, it asks you a few questions. And it's just uh, daily reflection questions to really think. But the important thing is that it gets you in a little piece of God's Word every day. And what we want to do with that little piece of God's Word is we want it to change us. We want, we want it to uh, penetrate our, our, our intellect, our head, we want it, our brain. We want it to penetrate our heart, our affections, the way we feel, our emotions. And then we want to ask the question, what is this text telling me to go and do? So Sunday, we talked about you know, how God comforts us. Second um, Corinthians tells us that God comforts us, and we are to also be a comfort to other people. Well, that's also where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because sometimes people are hard. Sometimes it's hard to be friends with people. Sometimes it's hard to love and care for people because sometimes they don't want to be cared for. Sometimes they're mean to us. But that's where the Holy Spirit comes into play. When we start to ask God to show us people in our lives that He wants us to love and care for, it's going to be the Holy Spirit that is going to give us the ability to do that. When God lays on our heart a particular person that we're to be nice to or build a relationship with or pray for, it's the Holy Spirit that's leading us in that. Anything that God does that's good through us is the Holy Spirit working because we are His workmanship. And he gets all the glory. So when God does amazing things through us, it's not us in our flesh doing it. It is God working through the Holy Spirit. And what the, to me, the scariest thought in life for me is the thought that we can walk through life and do life as a, quote, Christian, completely apart from the work of the Holy Spirit working in us. That scares me. Because we would waste the very reason that, that Jesus died for us. For us to be saved from our sin and for us to have the abundant life that he desires and designed for us to have. He designed us to walk with him in his presence. And we can only do that by walking in the spirit. 
being aware of his presence, seeking him in his presence, seeking him in his word. Um, I look at ministry today, I look at churches today, and, and I see people just doing life on their own, just doing life in their own flesh, in their own abilities. But I don't know about y'all, but I want to see God do something in our midst that we can only explain, wow, that was God that did that. That was the Holy Spirit that did that. I believe that, um, I believe that life would be so much sweeter if we uh, surrender ourselves to the Spirit's work in our lives and then we step aside and let God uh, work in us and through us. And the only way that we do that is, or can't do that, is by walking with God every day in His Word and in prayer to open up the possibility in our lives that we would be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. Um, you know, this is just a tool. Uh, having these devotions is just a tool. Uh, you may have an awesome study Bible that helps you, or you may have a devotional book that you walk through. I have multiple devotional books that kind of direct me to different thoughts throughout the week. You can have all the tools in the world. You can get emails that have little devotions. You can have a Bible reading plan. You can have all the tools for seeking God in the world. But unless you really have a heart for God, you're not going to do it. You can have a room full of books. But unless you really have a heart for seeking God and knowing Him and knowing His character and surrendering your life to Him, you're, you're not, you're not going to do it. And so if you're asking the question, well, I really desire God, I, I desire His Spirit to work in my life, I desire to walk with Him, but I don't really know what to do, the first thing to do is pray, to ask God to pour out His grace in your life and to give you the desire to walk with Him. And then from there, pray that God would give you the desire for, to pray and that God would give you the desire to seek Him in His Word. And share those convictions with people, with a friend or a parent or your Sunday school teacher would be or somebody. Share that you, know, that you really feel like God is leading you to be more serious about your faith and, and walking with Him. And what's going to happen over time, you're going to have these little victories. You're going to start to read the Bible a little bit every day, maybe just a couple of verses. But it's going to start to just kind of well up in your heart and it's going to just overflow. Jesus tells us for how the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And, that, and that's really kind of this vision that he gives us for everyday Christian life, that our heart is filled with his word and his presence, and then it pours out into out of our heart into the lives of other people, into the lives of other people that can be touched by Jesus as well. So this is how he created us. He created us to love him and to love people. And the only way that we can properly love people is if we're walking with God and seeking Let's pray, and we're going to worship together. Jesus, we're, we're so thankful for your word. We're thankful, Lord, that you comfort us when we're sick, when we're hurting. And we know that from your word that one of, the, one of the reasons that you're such a comforting God is that you desire for us to be comforting to other people. We look forward to the day, Lord, where you return and you bring heaven to us, and there will be no more crying, no more hurting, no more despair. You will dwell perfectly with us. And we wait for that day and we long for that day. But here and now you give us your spirit. We get a foretaste of the beauty of what that day is going to be like. And Lord, we know that if we are a follower of you, that you give us your spirit and you walk with us. And that we can experience your presence. And that 
every day life. I thank you for every person that's here tonight. And as we sing truth about who you are, your beauty and your character and what you have done for us, Lord, I pray that you would give us a great love for the gospel, the story of how you have saved us, Lord, through your sacrificial death and through your great love for us. And Lord, as we sing truth about you, I pray, Lord, you'd be glorified, you'd be honored in this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Alright guys, I just want to say a quick thing reflecting on that and getting into this heart and mindset of worshiping is this whole idea of the Holy Spirit living in us and often in songs I think probably way too much about lyrics but we have a lot of songs where we reflect on ourselves and the thing about the Holy Spirit is that if we are with the Holy Spirit and with Christ, we are one body. And as we sing this, it's going to have verses and stuff that have I in it. But I just want you to kind of imagine that as us, as the body, as one, um, reflecting on God in us. Oh